This is the Ancient Texan. Thanks for joining me. I'm reading an article here by Chris Hedges, Requiem of America. I don't think I'm quite where Chris is, but I'm not far behind. We're still in process of counting the votes. It's looking very much like Biden is going to get the votes. It looks very much like Trump is going to become increasingly erratic and dangerous, inciting riots, except etc. We all, maybe not all of us, but the half that voted for Biden want to believe that as soon as Trump is not president and is off the scene, we'll breathe a great sigh of relief. But I actually think Trump is just He didn't cause the problems that we're in. He maybe exacerbated them. Um, But the problems that led to Trump will still be with us when Trump's gone. We just spent $1.5 billion in the Biden campaign for the election, $1.57 billion for the Trump campaign. So altogether, $3 billion got spent. Who do you think that was spent by? It wasn't Joe Blow, although I do understand Biden got a lot of uh, small contributions. There's also a lot of big business, especially on the on the Trump side. But these are not little people putting in small amounts of money hoping for nothing in return. Chris Hedges' dystopian conclusion is, an American tyranny dressed up with the ideological veneer of Christianized fascism will, it appears, define the emperor's epic descent into irrelevance. The empire's epic descent into irrelevance. To recognize the validity in much, if not all, of his criticism of the liberal class and both the Democratic and Republican parties. The articles articles entitled American Requiem, November 5th, 2020, Chris Hedges. It's in the shreepost.com, S-C-H-E-E-R. POST.com. His contention is it's not the election that's over, it's capitalist democracy. However biased it was toward the interests of the rich and however hostile it was to the poor and minorities, capitalist democracy at least offered the possibility of incremental and piecemeal reform. Now it is a corpse. The 
empty jousting between a bullivating President Trump and a verbally impaired Joe Biden is designed to mask the truth. The oligarchs always win. The people always lose. It doesn't matter who sits in the White House. America is a failed state. The American dream has run out of gas, wrote the novelist J.G. Ballard. The car has stopped. It no longer supplies the world with its images, its dreams, its fantasies. No more. It's over. It supplies the world with its nightmares now. I'm going to do a lot of reading here from this. Make my comments in in the white spaces. There are many actors that killed America's open society. The corporate oligarchs who bought the electoral process, the courts and the media, and whose lobbyists write the legislation to impoverish us and allow them to accumulate obscene amounts of wealth and unchecked power. Well, that is how it is. Lobbyists, special interest group, now write legislation. Even Obama's treasured Obamacare. Who do you think wrote that? The militarist and war industry that drained the nation's treasury to mount feudal and endless wars that have squandered some seven trillion and turned us into an international piranha. The CEOs raking in bonuses and compensation package in the tens of millions of dollars that shipped jobs overseas and left our cities in ruins and our workers in misery and despair without a sustainable income or hope for the future. I've got another publication on the demise of the American metals industry. Pretty much follows that uh, point of view. I've lived it for 54 years, something. The fossil fuel industry that made war on science and chose profits over the looming extinction of the human species. The press that turns news into mindless entertainment and partisan cheerleading. The intellectuals who retreated into the universities to preach the moral. Abolitionism of identity politics and the multiculturalism while turning their backs on the economic where, where, war economic warfare being waged on the working class and the unrelenting assault on civil liberties. And of course, the freckless and hypocritical liberal class that does nothing but talk, talk, talk. Well, there's a lot packed into this and a lot of it rings terribly true. The oligarchs who have the lobbyist and special interest group that write our legislation, the military industrial complex, CEOs that maximize profits with no only serving the interests of the shareholders, not 
the workers. Legislation that decreased the power of the union. Fossil fuel industry that pushes their own interest and writes the laws that keep them in business. The press, wow, press horrible. And I think it's on both sides, maybe um, liberals are keeping it a little bit more in between the, the boundaries. Last night I watched Fox in the election. They were actually the first to declare Arizona for um, Biden. And there were several people on the Fox uh, newscast um, that didn't think what Trump was saying about uh, the election being stolen uh, was inappropriate and wrong. But there's a Hannah whoever that guy is, uh, Cruz, uh, slime ball from South Carolina. Now I know Trump, Cruz is from Texas. Uh, other guy, I don't even like to say his name. They're backing up Trump. And then there's uh, everyone else in the Republicans. I've, I've heard a few that have, that have said something. The guy that's on uh, MSNBC that's a Republican. Um, he was used to be a candidate. He spoke up for uh, common sense and sanity and, you know, respect for our democracy. But there's a whole lot of silence there. That's what's disturbing. That says our problem is a hell of a lot bigger than Trump. You can look back over this election. One one of the things that uh, seems disingenuous is the Hunter Biden's laptop and looking at what's on the laptop um, was never done with any seriousness by the liberal media actually neither side so I'm um, you know they they should have fine went through that with a fine tooth comb and that includes MSNBC, CNN, and see if there's anything to it. They should have investigated the story on exactly where that information came from. It shouldn't have been kind of swept under the carpet. Um, it doesn't give me confidence. And I don't like Hunter Biden obviously making millions of dollars off his dad's name. At least that should be you know, acknowledged. Um, I, I didn't like it just being ignored. It'll let you, you investigate that kind of stuff thoroughly if you want to have credibility. But here's what is even more disturbing about the 
Democrats. There was really not much inspiration and policy. Um, Here's what Hedges says. Biden's campaign was utterly bereft of ideas and policy issue. It's as if he and the Democrats could sweep the election by promising to save the soul of America. But don't address things like who writes the legislation, like the military-industrial complex. We're bombing seven countries in the world. We spent seven trillion on wars over the last couple of decades. Like we have no way to handle the pandemic because we have a healthcare system that's designed to make money, not keep people well. There was kind of a, there was very little, I heard one statement from Biden about restoring the rule of law. The fact that we put up with rioting and demolishing buildings and stuff. Um, And we even allowed that to continue. um, And that we didn't bring police and National Guard to bear. We didn't, the liberals uh, did not enforce the law for the most part. But it's not okay. And it doesn't matter uh, that they have reasons to be upset. I get it. There's a lot being done wrong to the black people, the Hispanic people, the poor. I get it, but it's not okay. And I just don't think the Democrats came down hard on that. We've given up the idea of universal health care. We'll see if Biden can get anything through. He's not going to have the Senate. So I seriously doubt that health care is going to change much. Green New Deal. I doubt if he's going to get that either. Is he going to help rebuild unions? Doubt it. And let's look at things that are fixing to happen in the pandemic. There's a whole truckload of people that are going to be evicted soon. And even right now, the landlords are suffering. And the landlords that can't pay their mortgage are going to have foreclosures. There's trillions of student debt. Did he promise any debt forgiveness to the students? Did he oppose endless wars? Actually, Trump did better on that than the Democrats do. <clears throat> he 
Hedges makes the claim that Biden's campaign was utterly bereft of ideas and policy issue, as if he and the Democrats could speak sweep the elections by promising to save the soul of America. At least the neo-fascists have the courage of their demented convictions. I don't think that's quite warranted. I think the Democrats do have some very safe uh, policies, like the public option on health care. They've given arm-waving to the Green New Deal, at least a plan to spend some money on infrastructure, but but everybody has been saying that for 20 years, so we'll see. The liberal class functions in a traditional democracy as a safety valve. It makes piecemeal and incremental reform possible. It ameliorates the worst excesses of capitalism. It proposes gradual steps toward greater equality. It endows the state and the mechanism of power with supposed virtues. This is again quoting Chris Hedges. It also serves as an attack dog that discredits radical social movements. The liberal class is a vital component with the, with the power elite. In short, it offers hope and possibility, or at least the illusion of change. So, did Biden cater more to the Republicans when he made his policy choices? move toward them so that he would get elected? Or did he take any daring steps that are more progressive and an appeasement to the strong progressive section of the party? You got to say that he moved more toward the Republicans than he did the progressives. The surrender of the liberal elite to deposition despotism creates a power vacuum that speculators, war profiteers, gangsters, and killers, often led by charismatic demigods, fill. It opens the door to fascist movements that rise to prominence by ridiculing and taunting the absurdities of the liberal class and the values they purport to defend. I don't know if this is, you know, there's some truth here. Um, Fascism, to some extent, is a reaction to liberal elitism. The promises of the fascists are fantastic and unrealistic, but their critiques of the liberal class are grounded in truth. Once the liberal class ceases to function, it opens a Pandora box of evils that are impossible to contain. Okay, that's Chris Hedges' point of view. The dis- and now he talks about the disease of Trumpism. 
disease of Trumpism, with or without Trump, is, as the election illustrated, deeply embedded in the body, the body politica, politic. It is an expression among huge segments of the population, taunted by the liberal elites as deplorables of legitimate alienation and rage that the Republicans and the Democrats orchestrated and now refuse to address. This Trumpism is also, as the election showed, not limited to white men whose support for Trump actually declined. Skipping down a little bit. Yes, sir, an intelligent man of the 19th century must be and is morally obligated to be primarily a characterless being and a being of character, an active figure, primarily a limited being. And here I think is the meat of his argument, which I think is actually pretty strong. The refusal of the liberal class to acknowledge that power has been wrested from the hands of citizens by corporations, that the Constitution and its guarantees of personal liberty have been revoked by judicial fiat, that elections are nothing more than empty spectacles staged by the ruling elites, that we are on the losing end of a class war has left it speaking and acting in ways that no longer correspond to reality. The refusal of liberal class to acknowledge that power has been wrested for, from the hands of the citizen by corporations. That's a heavy statement, and I think it's true. I do not think the power resides with the people anymore. I think it resides with those that choose our candidates. When it looked like um, Bernie was about to win, did you see how fast everybody got on board and ganged up against him? I mean, the speed of that was, like, incredible. Um, and I also have to acknowledge the, the black people in South Carolina uh, are the ones that made Biden president. I mean, that the, they decided which oligarchs got to win. The idea of intellectual vocation, as Irving Howe pointed out in his 1954 essay, This Age of Conformity, the idea of a life dedicated to values that cannot possibly be realized by a commercial civilization, has gradually lost its allure. And it is this, rather than the abandonment of a particular program, 
which constitutes our route. That's some heavy stuff, too. The idea of a life dedicated to values that cannot possibly be realized by a commercial civilization has gradually lost its allure. There's got to be people out there that are ahead of where we are that are advocating a better world based on noble and valuable values. I wish I was talented enough and able to do that. I don't think I um, I aspire to be that kind of person. Um, a long way to go as an individual to be there. And I apparently lack the ability to motivate people in that direction. My podcast has a few loyal followers. And perhaps it's not been clear up till now to me that that's what I wanted to do. But I would love to be a life dedicated to values that can that cannot possibly be realized by commercial civilization. We need some people out there. More from Hedges. The belief that capitalism is the unassailable engine of human progress, Howe wrote, is trumpeted through every media of communication, official propaganda, institutional advertising, and scholarly writings of people who until a few years ago, were his major opponents. I'm a big advocate for capitalism, but capitalism operates inside guardrails, rules that are set up by our government. When the government is owned by the very people it's regulating, it doesn't work. Well, it works, still works. It works for the people it's designed to work for. It's designed to work for the rich. Bezos sold $3 billion of his stock yesterday, just kind of cashed in, meaning he's probably going to buy something else with that cash. But that we have a system right now when people are hurting that a Bezos makes 10 extra billion dollars because of the pandemic... What kind of system is that? More from Chris Hedges. The truly powerless people are those intellects, intellectuals, the new realists who attach themselves to seats of power where they surrender their freedom of, of expression without gaining any significance as political figures. Hal wrote, for it's crucial to the history of American intellectuals in the past few decades, as well as to the relationship between wealth and intellect, that whenever they become absorbed into the accredited institutions of society, they not only lose their traditional rebelliousness, but to one extent or another, they cease to function as intellectuals. 
Well, that's basically saying the intellectuals in our country have sold out. Much of this rage, justifiably, is directed at liberal elite that while speaking the I-feel-your-pain language of traditional liberalism sells us out. More from Hedges, and this is pretty straightforward. We are in for it. The for-profit health care system designed to make money, not take care of the sick, is equipped to handle, is unequipped to handle a national health crisis. The health care corporations have spent the last few decades merging and closing hospitals and cutting access to health care in communities across the nation to increase revenue, I would say to increase profits. This as nearly half of all frontline workers remain ineligible for sick pay and some 43 million Americans have lost their employee-sponsored health insurance. Who the hell keeps our health care system going? Just answer that. I mean, it's, it's clear that our health care system is run by oligarchs that are making a truckload of money. And it's not just the the hospital system, the pharmacy system. And I'm sure they will make a truckload of medicine off the vaccine. And I also bet that a lot of people will not get the vaccine. Some because they're distrustful of government. wonder why. And the safety of the vaccine. And some because they just don't have the money. They don't they don't even have a place they normally go to get health care. The pandemic without universal health care, <clears throat> which Biden and the Democrats have no intention of establishing, will continue to rage out of control. 300,000 Americans dead by December. 400,000 by January and by the time the pandemic burns out or a vaccine becomes safely available hundreds of thousands maybe a few million will have died I, I think the pandemic is evidence of where we are as a country and how we respond to the pandemic illustrates One, that America no longer leads the world in much of anything, except maybe our military. And even that will, that that will fall on its own right. The inevitable unrest. Here's more from Chris. The inevitable social unrest will see the state no matter who's in the White House, use its three principal instruments of social control, wholesale surveillance, the prisons and militarized police, buttressed by a legal system that routinely revokes 
habeas corpus, habeas corpus and due process to ruthlessly crush dissent. We'll have to see how that plays out. The economic fallout from the pandemic, the chronic underemployment and unemployment, close to 20% when those who have stopped looking for work, who's furlonged with no prospect of being rehired and those who work part-time but are still below the poverty line are included in the official statistics, will mean a depression unlike anything we have seen since the 30s. Well, I actually have been afraid of that for quite a while. I've got, I don't have that much savings after uh, our health care system and my late wife died. That kind of knocked half a million that wasn't covered by insurance. Kind of wiped me out. Right now I'm working full time and okay. Still paying off debt from a healthcare system that kind of destroyed me. Oh, it didn't destroy me. Definitely took put a lot more on my shoulders. Probably taken ten years off my life, but like this, <laughs> it's enough complaining by me. I have a lot better than a lot of people because I've got a good skill set. Hunger in U.S. household has already tripled since last year. The proportion of U.S. children who are not getting enough to eat is 14 times higher than last year. Food banks are overrun. The moratorium on foreclosures and evictions has been lifted, while over 30 million destitute Americans face the prospect of being thrown into the street. That's pretty dire. There's no check left on corporate power. The inevitable social unrest will see the state, no matter who is in the White House, use the three principal instruments of social control, wholesale surveillance, the prisons and militarized police, buttressed by a legal system that routinely revokes habeas corpus and due process to ruthlessly to ruthlessly crush dissent. That's a repeat of what we had before, and it's, we'll see. People of color, immigrants, and Muslims will be blamed and targeted by our native fascism for the nation's decline. Those who continue in defiance of the Democratic Party to call out the crimes of the corporate state and the empire will be silenced. The sterility of the liberal class serving the interests of a democratic party that disdains and ignores them fuels the widespread feelings of betrayal that saw nearly half the voters support one of the most vulgar, racist, inept, and corrupt presidents in American history. An American tyranny dressed up with the ideological veneer of Christianized fascism will, it appears, define the empire's 
descent into irrelevance. Well, that's a pretty strong article by Chris Hedges. I don't know much about him. Obviously, I know quite a bit about him from this article in the American Requiem. But the items in this that I think some are a little overemphasized. But the idea that the Democratic Party, um, with the possible exception of Bernie and AC and the progressives, do not strongly stand up to corporate America and cry foul and that corporate America has taken away control of our country. Um, is, it, is, is nothing less than a, a loss of, of values and uh, aspiring to be more noble. We can't have the center of power not coming from the people. It's no longer a democracy. It's no longer capitalism being controlled by the interest of the people. It is capitalism being controlled by the corporations who make profit off of the people. I've been a big fan of capitalism my whole life. I actually started out in the Republican Party and with Ayn Rand um, defending capitalism and its virtue and how well it works. And it does work well. Uh, Self-interest promotes a lot of progress. But self-interest has to have boundaries and there has to be balance just like in every other form of life and we've gone off the rail here Uh, we let the power shift to the corporations and we haven't taken it serious enough and we haven't spoken out enough and we haven't been aware of how serious this is and I think Trumpism is a direct result of people feeling that they've lost control of their country. And I think that there is a lot of justification that liberalism uh, has become very snobbish and look down their nose at the common man and tell them to keep working hard and your life will be better. When it's no longer true in America, upward mobility is now greater in China. Um, and there's plenty of people that monitor that around the world. You can, you know, spend the effort and see that that. Look it up and see if I'm right. We've lost upward mobility. We've certainly increased downward mobility. Just the people that are short of food in this country 
is amazing when at the same time we have stopped uh, selling billions of dollars of food to China and the farmers are hurting and we're paying them billions of dollars in subsidies not to grow food. How does how does that all fit together there? It's because you don't need the poor people. It takes more money to take a poor person and make them a useful agent of capitalism than it does a rich, educated person. They have immediate value to a capitalist system. Someone that's got a high school degree, we've chosen to only do high-end work in America. Anyway, that's a whole another subject. Uh, the demise of the metals industry. I'd like to refer you to that. I'll put a link to it in the podcast. Um, anyway, as we look at the end of this election, I don't think we look at the end of Trumpism. And I don't look think we're going to look to the end of the liberals being snobbish and thinking they have all the answers and not listening and doing nothing to change the fact that corporate America now runs our country and a branch of them is the military industrial complex yep they're a branch of corporate America This is the ancient Texan adding one small voice to values and trying to be as honest and straightforward as I can be and as smart, use the little brains that I've got to point out that we have a serious problem, a lot of them. But there's a real big problem that we're no longer a democracy of the people. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred and our fellow inhabitants. Namaste. Namaste.